how's it going? Oh, you know, today it's a thing. We're here talking to you. How's it going with you? It is pretty good. As I was saying beforehand, it's a little chilly. I'm actually like wearing a long sleeve shirt without the sleeves rolled up. And I've had them that way the entire day. And that's mm-hmm. very unusual for me. Don't I don't mm-hmm. often like the sensation of just a regular long sleeve shirt without the sleeves rolled up. But it's been sufficiently chilly throughout the day to uh, warrant that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I'm wearing pants. I haven't gone totally insane here. I'm still wearing shorts, but... Oh, my God. The long shirt was necessary. That's funny to me that you... Wear shorts and a long er, and a long shirt rather than pants and a short shirt because that's what I like. That's the first thing to go for me is the pants. Yeah, but I, I guess for me, and, and I feel like we've talked about this in my I know, it const- I know. constantly bringing up my hatred of jeans. They're yeah. just more restrictive. I just don't like them <laughs> compared to shorts. <laughs> hmm. And yeah. And yeah, so I'll always go for the long sleeve shirt first because like it's not like my legs are getting cold. Like I still like having my legs like basically free to um, do whatever, and I just find it more comfortable. <laughs> and a long sleeve shirt, though, it's like like for me. And this actually goes the same way to like how I fall asleep. Actually, is mm-hmm. I need. Like, I need to have some part of my lower body kind of open to the air. Hmm. And I prefer to, like, all of the sort of, like, warmth gathering part of going to sleep is all focused on the upper body for me. Like, that's the part that I feel is, like, where I want that, like, the the warmth or cozy sensation. It All all cozy sensations are above the waist for me, if you will. And anything happening below the belt down to my toes is totally, it it hardly matters. Like, I could It doesn't kinda, matter what happens below the belt with Mark, as long as the yeah, cozy yeah. sensations are above the belt. Exactly. It can, I can kind of take it or leave it, but something needs to be exposed uh, <laughs> below the belt. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'm laughing too. Uh, I was trying so hard to be mature. I know. Neither of us anticipated this starting this way. Um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I, I am a. I'm, I'm an enigma in that way. I like to wear socks and shoes throughout the day. Like if I'm in the office, I. Well, I, obviously, I haven't been for a while. But I work with people, as I've said, who take their shoes off. I never do. When I'm in my house, my apartment, I'm always wearing socks. I never go around barefoot unless it's like right away in the morning Mm -hmm. or like, you know, immediately after a shower or something. But I'm always in socks until it's like time to go to bed. Then I'll take my socks off and go into bed right after that. But then once I'm in bed, I often like, I mean, now that it's like a bit colder, I I don't do this. But if it's like at all, just kind of like. Um, a standard temperature or a little toasty, I always have like a foot or something exposed outside of the covers. 
Mm. Like always. Oh. See, I am like totally the opposite, but that is fine. Different strokes for different folks. What, you just have yourself tightly wrapped up feet to waist and you have like a an arm always exposed or something? Yeah, I'll often like have an arm out or both arms out or something. I mean, like, I get, I don't know. I feel like also, uh, there's always some part of my... It's not like I'm covered like a mummy or something. Like, there's, of course, parts of my arms or whatever are <laughs> somewhat uncovered. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm much more likely to, like, if I'm feeling a little chilly, I'll go for, like, wrapping up to my neck before I'll worry about my legs or feet. Fa- that's, like, super fascinating to me. So, like, if you're... If you're, like sitting on like a couch or something and you're kind of chilly and you got a blanket there how do you wrap yourself with the blanket well i almost do never do like that a- but if i were well that's a slightly different thing because because it's harder sitting up so yeah i'm not gonna like immediately go to like d- trying to force it onto my shoulders or whatever so, like, yeah, I've, I've been sitting on a couch or whatever and had a blanket in the more kind of typical fashion of, like, you know, kind of belly to your feet or whatever. But that's more of a... That's a, that's a different situation, like trying to fall asleep or something. Okay. And it's also just, like, easier to do it that way. <laughs> hmm I don't know. I'm not saying I'm self-consistent in, in among these different situations, <laughs> But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, it's been cold. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. I am still not wearing jeans and will not wear jeans likely until I go back to Minnesota for Christmas. Maybe San Francisco will surprise me. I'm probably going to go up there again, or I am going to go up there again for Thanksgiving. Uh, it could get even colder up there, but it's, it's similar to San Diego. It's pretty consistent. And it's just kind of consistently like five degrees colder. So mm-hmm. I don't think that there'll be much need, but I'll I'll probably uh pack a pair just because Aaron wants me to. And then and then I'll complain about it taking up valuable space. Tw- in mm-hmm. fact twice as much space as a pair of shorts. <laughs> so much space, because you were definitely gonna put so many other clothes in that space. I'll be staying for like a week, so I need to do something. Well, so it's like a small bug flying around. I want to kill it, but it's Do passing it. by. It will passing by too fast. Get a get a like blowtorch and kill it with. If fire. I weren't recording a podcast, I'd go. I'd go hunt it. I can down, entertain the listeners. I'm, I'm I'm not really mobile enough to do that right now, <laughs> considering okay. my if I move more than like six inches in any direction, my headphones like jerk out of my ears. I'll let you have it. Yeah, I I need to go get I need to go get milk. Maybe I'll get milk tonight because I my parents sent me a hot chocolate mix back mm-hmm. in like March when they sent me a little care package, and I haven't made it because when I finally grew up and realized that having water as the base for hot chocolate is uh, no way to live your life, mm-hmm. I just don't have hot chocolate that frequently because I don't often have milk. Mm. also it's just a little bit more of a chore because it's harder to heat up milk consistently oh, you know God. like compared to heating up water it is more difficult to heat up milk that's all i'm saying wait wait can you why 
because you can heat up water at literally any speed and it kind of maintains its heat better. But like if you're heating up the milk and then you're like trying to mix in the mix, like if you're heating up on a pan, you have to be aware of like, okay, can't heat it up too fast because you get the little like skimmy top thing. If you're heating up in the microwave, you have to heat it up for way longer. And then by the time you're done like mixing in your hot chocolate, it's like cooled down too much. So you have to like put it back in the microwave. Like it's just a, like it's obviously on the grand scale of things, a simple process to make hot chocolate. But I'm just saying compared to Mm -hmm. water, it's just a little bit more complicated. It's just a little bit more of that friction. It makes me think more carefully about whether I feel like making hot chocolate right then. Hmm. I have, I... I'm not saying that these aren't real issues, but I have never thought of the fact that these are things that happen. And maybe I wouldn't think of it if it weren't for like having used water for a long time growing up. Uh-huh. I mean, we did not use milk growing up. It was like my older sister at one point came home, or maybe it was my little sister. Who, who cares? One of us came back from a friend's house or something with the new thought technology of milk for hot chocolate. And... Uh, that forever changed the game. Changed the game. Yeah. Revolutionary concepts. Yeah. Also, you know, I still make like tea or whatever. And so tea is always going to be easier than hot chocolate as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stir my tea, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, maybe I'll get milk tonight. Maybe some cookie mix, but Aaron didn't hear me say that. <laughs> secret that's right i'll just make this part of the podcast really really quiet (laughs) (laughs) oh so this was this was a funny thing that happened last week um i'll I'll talk about this on oh heck as well but i figured i'd tell you about it while we're talking Uh because it was kind of funny so i've been trying to edit podcasts more on my ipad because there's a there's a good app for it it's like a nice mobile way to edit i can do it more casually than from a computer mm-hmm. like even if i'm editing on a laptop like i still have to like use like using a trackpad is like really hard to edit a podcast using a trackpad uh, with the mm-hmm. app that i use so it's like i pretty much have to use an external mouse if i don't want to be really annoyed but with an ipad it's like it's just there it's in my lap it's kind of nice to have that change of pace but i don't have the option to do that like if i'm traveling for example if I don't get used to the app, right? So I had to kind of just force myself to learn how to use it. And this podcast, since it happens more frequently, was a good way mm-hmm. to try and do it. Um, episode 119 went off without a hitch. Yes. I think I think it turned out just as well as anything else. It's a little harder to balance the audio manually, which, as I've complained to you about, is often a necessity for us. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, but it has some autom- automated tools that work pretty well. But I still need to go in and do some manual stuff, which is fine. Episode 120, I wanted to play more with the manual adjustment, and I found a weird bug in the app that I couldn't explain. Hmm. Uh, and luckily, th- this was a very lucky situation. I edited the podcast on, I think, Monday. Is typically when I edit if we record on Sunday like we t- normally do. I did the edit, I uploaded it, did all the stuff, and said, cool, whatever. And then out of curiosity, I think I just wanted to like remind myself of something that, like I wanted to double check something. And so I go into the file on my computer that I'd uploaded and I, you know, open it up to play it and I get nothing but silence. 
Mm. I open it up on Audacity just just to be like, okay, something weird with my speakers going on. I open up the audio file in Audacity, and it's just a single flat line. No audio at all. It's all just completely oh, silent. God. <laughs> so now it's like, oh, God. You know, like, I think this was on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. It must have been Wednesday that I discovered this, luckily. And uh, I email support for this app. Set, like, Or actually, I ended up going back into the app. And, like, I'm editing, and I can hear everything perfectly when I'm editing, right? Nothing's mm-hmm. wrong. And then when I go outside of the editor and, like, play back the track of the whole thing, it's completely silent. I want to export it. It's completely silent. I try exporting as an MP3, as a wave. Everything I could think of, it's all completely broken. Uh-huh. And uh, I email the support team for the app and, uh, you know, say, like, hey, you know, this is happening. Any help would be super appreciated. I only learned the next morning when I looked and saw that I email from them from at like 12 a.m. my time that they're a London based company. Mm. Um, So I had to edit that episode uh, in the normal way on the computer. You know, luckily, it's not like I had no other option. You know, it was Mm -hmm. totally fine to take Mm -hmm. 30 minutes and do it on my computer. But I was still just like, what the heck is going on? And this guy, the, the lead developer for the app, emailed me back, and we were able to narrow down the issue after a little bit of back and forth, which was that the manual audio adjustment that I was doing using some tool, it was doing this thing where um, normally there's like there's default settings, right, mm-hmm. for something that I'm using called a compressor. That basically just takes loud, mm-hmm. o- really loud audio and makes it quieter and takes, if you choose the setting, takes quieter audio and boosts it up a little bit. And I wanted to manually adjust the part that adds volume to quiet sections because that's mm-hmm. what I need to use more often. And so uh, apparently, uh, without really realizing it, you know, I basically said, you know, add this compressor and give me the manual control. But it just so happens that there is some bug in the code that said, hey, if there is, if they don't open up the settings for the effect immediately, and instead they just go to the manual control, give give everything the default settings to start. Right? Mm-hmm. And there was this weird bug where it was taking the default settings for everything to just be zero, which is typically true for almost every single effect, except for the makeup gain on the compressor, where the default should be like 100%, not 0%. Mm -hmm. And so there is this tiny section of audio at the start that like set everything to zero, but for some reason, but that, or not for some reason, for for a real reason, this tiny bit of zero at the start gets fed into the code for the audio, or for this effect, and at some point, you're doing some sort of division, and it causes a division by zero error in the entire effect oh that my causes gosh. everything to just break. And that's what was causing it. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to fix multiple things. One was this division by zero error, which they thought was coming up for unrelated circumstances. Like they thought I was doing something different to cause this bug. And when I said, no, I, I all the settings that you told me I should have, I already have those settings. And they're like, and, and but I was doing this, 
And they said, oh, so it must be this other default settings thing. So they also fixed the default settings bug. So at some point when I, the app gets an update, that should all be fixed. But now I know the like kind of procedure I need to follow so that it doesn't happen next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was really freaked out. Uh, and yeah. also just felt like, okay, I'm never going to upload an episode without first listening to at least a few seconds of it, which I normally do. Like, I normally uh-huh. listen just a little bit and click around just to mm-hmm. make sure, but I've gotten a little lazy with that. <laughs> but I should realize, especially using, like, a brand new app like that, I should not just give everything the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that was my that was my uh, experience last week. Wow. In getting this that episode out. That sounds stressful and not in a fun way. <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. It's not like I found out. Like, there, there's a possibility that I would not have found out until, like, someone like Mikhail or Aaron would have texted me being like, why is this episode completely silent? And when that happens, you should cut this out so they don't know that we're planning this. But if it ever happens in the future, you can say, oh, like, we've been listening to a lot of John Cage music recently, and <laughs> you're thinking... We're we doing want... our own twist called 4033. Yeah. <laughs> it's 433, right? That's the name of the piece? I think so. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. So there's your uh, fun technology session. The inner workings. Every, every, every few weeks I got to yeah, get, get some of those behind the scenes moments in. Anyway. Oh, brother. By Bob Weber Jr. and Jay Stevens. I promise I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I, give me a sec. I was like looking at it so I didn't say it too badly. But now I shouldn't have said that because now when I say it badly, I don't have an excuse. So, so we got a girl who's standing in a standing still in a sort of mid-run position, like she was running and suddenly had to stop. She's standing still. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, wham! Uh, a kickball-sized ball comes up and knocks her off her feet and hits her in the back, or hits her in the back and knocks her off her feet. Cuts to the next scene. She's sitting on the ground, and there is a young boy holding the kickball-sized ball, and she exclaims, you can't play freeze tag and then switch to dodgeball. (laughs) Oh, I'm angry now, though. You can't play freeze tag and then switch to dodgeball. They are incompatible games. Uh, Well, first, I just want to get your, like, split-second thing. Mm -hmm. Because as you were reading this, I didn't think of this when I first saw the comic, but as you were reading it, I immediately, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, First panel and second panel, split second decision, are they a straight copy paste job or did the artist draw two separate panels? They're different. Okay. Wait. No, they're (laughs) different. I'm sure they're different. It took me actually a lot because I was focusing on the like actual character. Yeah, and but, there is like a very slight difference in like the leg that's up. Like there, there are slight differences now that I'm looking at it, but I couldn't convince myself immediately based on the features that I was looking at, which was mainly her face, mm-hmm. which is actually nearly identical. But the flowers, yeah, the flowers were the first thing I noticed. There's a, there's a piece of grass in the left foreground of the first oh. panel that's not there yep. in the second one. Mm-hmm. 
the little like dots in the front right are also different. The tufts of grass on the horizon are slightly different. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you about were the various playground games that you may have participated in in your younger years. I'm thinking specifically like elementary school recess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just curious. Like, obviously we went to we went to the same school district, but we went to different schools. We had presumably slightly different experiences, just because I think mm-hmm. that the culture of like an elementary school probably is a bit isolated from each other. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm curious. What are what are some of the like highlights of recess or like, or like big things that you remember going on? On the playground. Oh, I got a couple big things uh, mm-hmm. that, well, okay, because I'm going to try to stay at least near the premise of what you asked, because you asked what are my favorite games, most memorable games, right? Yes. Does running around being an idiot and causing problems count as a game? Sure. Okay, because that was definitely one of the favorites. For you specifically? Uh, for or me like and amongst everyone, do you feel like there was just kind of mass chaos? Uh, no, not necessarily. But for me and some of my good friends, some of whom you know, uh, quite well, mm-hmm. there was. I think some of those are some of the most memorable moments. Like the day that, like, we had on the playground, there was like a this like circular monkey bar thing. Yep. And so it was like a lot of monkey bars. And you could kind of like, if you were a, a real determined young bugger, you could you could find a way to, to get yourself up on top of that. So one day we decided we were going to try to break it. So we tried to see how many kids we could get on top of it. Because, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, a bunch of little like 50-pound elementary schoolers are really going to break it. Uh-huh. Um because that's how crappy the wells are on this playground equipment or something. I don't know. Wow. But so I remember that one, and we got in trouble for that. No kidding. We had, uh, you know those big, like, dome things that are just, like, geodesic domes or something kind of deal? Yeah. Not yeah. not made out of ropes or made out of ropes? No, made out of, like, metal bars. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, so one day we decided we wanted to dig it up. <laughs> we got in trouble for that. <laughs> um Uh oh, we had this like it was like this pole with a bunch of like ropes coming down it from angles and like you could like climb up them a little bit and then you just have to like climb down. I don't know. It it's really not that exciting of a piece of playground equipment. Mm-hmm. But uh you would hang upside down from them from the ropes like, near one of the higher points, and someone else would, and you would try to, like, pull them down and knock them off. Got in trouble for that one, too. I think the worst one was one year in the kind of early spring, we had kind of our first warm snap, and a ton- we had a ton of snow that year, and a bunch of the snow started melting. And there was this area where early in the winter, we built a bunch of, like, huge snowmen, and there was a Mm. ton of snow there, and it was also a low part in the field. So it suddenly had, like, like two inches to six to eight inches of water in it, and then all these snowmen, 
And, like, it was still cold enough that, like, we all had to still be wearing, like, our snow boots and our big puffy winter coat and our snow pants and everything. And we went and played in that water for all of lunch or all of recess right before lunch. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was awesome. And, like, just knocking over the snowmen and we were just, like, sopping wet. Sure. And, yeah, we got really in trouble for that one because then we went inside of the lunchroom and had to take off all our stuff and there was, like... <laughs> a river of water from the door to the lunchroom and then <laughs> like a huge puddle where all of our stuff because we were like dumping water out of our boots <laughs> that one we had to like actually help mop it up too wow huh <laughs> so, so it sounds like your memory is like a, a series of isolated incidents so to speak yeah um, but it, but it's not, but probably like a, a relatively small group. Yeah, generally. Okay, interesting. But I didn't. I don't feel like I really played too many games at reset. I I mm-hmm. don't think like how I imagine you did. Like I feel like you were always playing sports at recess. That is accurate. And I didn't really do much of that. Like there were people who did, but. Mm-hmm. I just didn't participate, maybe, or I was just lame, or I don't remember, and I always participated. I don't know. No, I'm sure that it's just like, yeah, there's a different draw. Like, if you're out in recess, there's a draw of a playground, and there's a draw of big open fields and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and for me, yeah, it was definitely like the organized sports things was a draw, like whether that was touch football or if we could get away with it, tackle football in the winter. Um <laughs> But like the one, what this made me think of, we never played dodgeball, obviously, but we mm-hmm. got as close as we could with the big cultural phenomenon in either fourth or fifth grade. I don't actually remember that lasted for what felt like a really long time was wall ball. Yes. Oh, I do remember that. Okay. <laughs> that That's kind of what I was most curious about. I was like, yeah, everyone, like if there's four square people play four square people kick, play kickball and soccer and whatever, like people are going to play all those things. But wall ball was like a spark out of nowhere, you know, yeah. of this game that like felt sort of rebellious. Like, oh, you typically can't like throw things at other things, but you can just chuck this ball as hard as you can at the wall. And, you know, people are trying to pick it up and do all this stuff. And, you know, if someone's running towards the wall, ooh, whoops, maybe you accidentally hit them. Um, but if you do, it's not ooh, helpful to you. Oopsies. <laughs> You know, and then the, you know, chaos if a ball ended up on the roof, which was a reasonably frequent occurrence. Yeah. Uh, So so that was what was definitely on my mind because I can't, like, place the ebb and flow of soccer or football or kickball or even basketball maybe in -hmm. any sort of timeline. Like, I feel like those just sort of went and you know, a, a, as they did, if someone happened to have a ball or people were in the mood to do this thing, that whoever the leaders were, that's just sort of what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and I never, I don't think I ever concerned myself with like the playground itself during recess, except on rare occasions. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe the previous day football hadn't gone that well or whatever, and I would go hang out on the playground with other people, but huh, that's interesting. Yeah, what can I say? I'm a fascinating dude. I know. Are are you a fan of the the dizzy things on playgrounds? Uh, yes. Okay. Big fan. Don't you remember when we? You probably don't remember. I don't even understand why I remember. 
What, this is like Oakwood or have, something? No, I need to have like overwritten out of my brain. No, we, in our adult lives, we have gone and played tennis somewhere that I have no idea where it is actually. And there was like a little oh, playground there. Oh, the place in and Maple Grove. Yeah, we went and yeah, played yeah. on the playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went and played on the Dizzy thing. Yeah, I, I figured it was a good guess of one of those two places. Yeah, no, I I, I remember that. Uh, like, I, I like those things as an adult. I mean, I'm sure I liked them as a kid too, but I feel like, like I remember them as a kid. And then I feel like growing up, I never saw them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because they're kind and, of dangerous. Well, yeah, but then I started seeing them more in some of the places that I've gone to in, like, you know, college or whatever. But yeah, I, I think I became way, way more fascinated with them after I'd taken, like, a physics class. Because they're actually cool once you actually understand how they work. Mm-hmm. Both oh. not only to experience, because experiencing them is wild, like, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. But then watching other people do it is also really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like, like, they are sort of dangerous, but at the same time, it's like, when you're watching at a distance, they don't actually spin that fast, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you can get them spinning kind of fast, but, like, typically, you're not getting them going that fast. Partially because, you know... Uh, a little kid up through like a middle school or whatever doesn't necessarily understand the dynamics of how to get it spinning fast. Mm-hmm. And like you have to go kind of either, well, really the only way because you're almost never strong. Once you're kind of like leaning back, you're almost never strong enough to pull yourself back in tight, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to just get yourself spinning as fast as you can while standing up straight. But that feels super boring. Like the whole fun part is like trying to do the like pull yourself up and let yourself go again. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, interesting. You just got to get yoked and then you can do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't my that wasn't my scene. I was never much for monkey bars either because uh, my yeah. my uh, arm strength was never quite uh, yeah. uh, there in terms of raw power. What about tire swings? How do you feel about tire swings? Tire swing can be fun, but only, like, I think I had to reach a certain level of trust with certain people, mm-hmm. you know? Like, seeing them happen and, and knowing certain people that I would be out at recess with, there was a deep level of distrust when it came to tire swings, because there's so much that they can do to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I was not, I, I definitely was much more of a a pusher on a tire swing than I am someone who would sit in it and go in it. Mm-hmm. But especially, I mean, growing up, like I, like I think I've said, you know, I, I was not a ride person and even something as mundane as a tire swing was probably like getting to be a little much for me when I was younger. So th- th- that may have been another thing of playground equipment was like some of the more dynamic stuff probably was just not enjoyable to me. Like I liked having the obstacles to like run around and play tag of various varieties. Like that was a good time spent on mm-hmm. playgrounds but the equipment just for the equipment's sake was never quite as engaging as just it being like oh here's like a fun obstacle course that makes tag way more fun than just playing it in a big field which is really boring <laughs> adds a level of excitement and intrigue yes that just fields can't give you 
Well, it's it's not only the excitement and intrigue. It, it's honestly like strategy? a different a strategy and like a different focus on athleticism. Yeah. Someone who is like, there's like a handful of people who will always win a tag or will always lose a tag in an open field because like you're just straight up not fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, yeah, there's just way more going on in a playground of like, you have to kind of be a little clever and quick in a slightly different way than you are in like an open field. Mm-hmm. And I always found that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'd still find that enjoyable. Like I, I wish that they made supersized playgrounds all over the place, just right next to the kid ones. <laughs> <laughs> should we put Should we put playing tag on a playground on our to do list next time we see each other? A two person tag. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you're right. That's not a good idea. We'll, we'll, I mean, we, we'll we keep we that one do off something, the list. We could do something no, slightly related. I remember in high school I'd... doing like literal obstacles course runs through playgrounds with my friends. Like we would do like timed like. These sort of like you just slowly build up an obstacle course like okay we'll start with mm-hmm. this and then we'll just slowly add on aspects of like okay you actually have to go this way first and then go up and then go over here like you just slowly build up the course and then it's just all right who can do it the fastest Ooh, that's something else that i remember doing as a kid or i guess that triggered in my mind the memory of like i wouldn't call them like speed obstacle courses but like obstacle courses of like get from point a to point b or like point a through point b through point c through point d to point d in like these specific ways that mm-hmm. just like always involved using the playground equipment incorrectly yep definitely those are fun i also remember getting in trouble doing those too oh yeah i was definitely like a big climber growing up climb on top of the slides mm-hmm. on top of the little tubes connecting disparate parts <laughs> of the playground yep yep very much my thing climb up the backside of ladders I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> I guess I wasn't that inventive. I vividly remember. Oh, yeah. The backside of the ladder because it's so much different from the front side. I'm <laughs> such a creative kid. I mean, it's slanting a different way when you're climbing. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel more like climbing. Well, I was I was not that into uh, climbing in that yeah. particular way. I think it was probably just more scary than anything. See, I was I was having to do stuff like that because like that was my way to look cool, so everyone knew mm. that like I knew it was up. Gotcha. Because I was king of the playground. You, gotta, yeah, you just love G money. Yeah, you got to maintain that G money alpha dog status on that elementary school playground. Everyone be gunning <laughs> for you, and you gotta you gotta always be like keeping up or keeping ahead. Really, you gotta set the tone for the playground. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Grant has brought Fred Bassett by Alex Graham. And we have uh, the titular Fred Bassett, the Bassett Hound, uh, chilling on the ground, thinking to himself, there's one thing about his DIY. It's consistent. And we go to the next frame as a man is about halfway up a ladder, leaning over, attempting to... uh, maybe screw in some sort of bookshelves into a wall. The shelves are not aligned. They're not parallel. There are cracks in the wall. As uh, a woman looks on with far less concern than she maybe should, (laughs) and uh, Fred Bassett uh, finishes his thought, consistently flawed. (laughs) So, Mark, Hmm. my first question is, 
And I think you answered it with your description. What tool do you think he is using in that final pane of the comic? <laughs> An all. I have no idea. Let me. I need to zoom in more. So Honestly, on the ground, I forgot to mention this, but on the ground we have a hammer and what I assume is a corded electric drill. There are also some screws and or nails lying on the ground. But I'm pretty sure that it's like a hand screwdriver because it looks like there's kind of turny motions going on around his hands. Okay. I don't think he's literally trying to poke holes through it. But could be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm also just... Because like, I'm just baffled by... Because like, it's clear that there are some sort of through fasteners going into the shelving unit and there's mm-hmm. both a hammer and a electric drill on the ground mm-hmm. and then he's doing something but I'm just trying to figure out like wait so are there screws going into the wall are there nails go- like I hope <laughs> there's screws going into the wall not nails well but, if like, it's consistently DIY flawed, do so you it's think that he nails. knows yeah. yeah or just a or just a healthy mix of both D-I-W-H-Y that's right classic classic subreddit right there mark do you frequently or when is the last time that you diy'd something and it doesn't have to be like a physical project diy it can also be a technological thing too okay um or do you never DIY? i mean yeah a fit a physical diy in terms of like sort of from scratch i don't know how long it's been like let's just say effectively never but what if you count, like, kind of hacking things, like, bodging things together? Like, I don't know, like a chair breaks and you just kind of, like, <laughs> fix it, <laughs> but, like, definitely not the right way, but you did fix it. No, that's never happened to me. Okay. Uh, definitely my DIY stuff would be in the technical realm. Okay. Which typically just amounts to writing programs of things that I do over and over or things that I don't have another tool to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like physical. Like I've always liked the idea, and I feel like I've I've told you this, but like, you know, my my dad, having been in the military and stuff and everything, is like a pretty handyman type, and I'm just not in the same way. Like I I just don't have the like breadth or depth of experience mm-hmm. to uh, look at a thing, a physical thing, and be like, huh, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have the tools and intelligence to uh, look things up and then probably figure it out. But but it's not, it's really a DIY thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm capable of doing slightly complex installations of things in that, like, I installed a car radio once mm-hmm. into our old Honda Accord. And that was a pretty non-trivial task to do, particularly once I realized that there were no wire conversion kits available and mm. i had to like you know my dad showed me how to uh i don't even know what we did if we like crimped the wires or whatever mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. um so i had to figure out how to do that and match up the wires so that the car would still run properly <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was good I-, I suppose one thing that i did do in high school actually i it, it wasn't a success really but i did it was I did make my own mallets, like for a marimba. Ooh, cool. I can't even say that today I'd be able to do a much better job, but like they got done. Yeah. They were, they were really good base mallet marimbas, which are arguably the easiest to make because you don't have to wind the 
cord or yarn very tightly at all, which I was not able of, to do when I was in like ninth or tenth grade anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we uh, with the help of my dad, we got some wooden dowels and uh, a couple of bouncy balls, mm-hmm. and drilled some holes into the bouncy balls and stuck the rods in, and then I hand wound them with yarn that we bought, and they were like reasonably functional for like a for like a year maybe. Nice. Yeah. That's a solid DIY, actually. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just I just feel like I don't have the stuff around me to DIY. Like, there, there's never mm-hmm. stuff around me that, like, like, I don't look at the world in the same way that people who like to DIY things look at the world. Mm-hmm. You know, looking around my room, it's like, well, what is there? There's, like, a bed a plastic thing of drawers, my desk, another table, and a bookshelf that I bought at Target. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's not much to be done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I feel like... I don't know. Maybe this isn't true. I just have a thought. I feel like doing DIY or being a DIYer or whatever, it's kind of an arrogant thing. Like, you walk around your world and you see things and you're like, oh, I bet I could do that better. <laughs> Or like, oh, I bet I could do that for cheaper. Yeah, or I was gonna like say, that. I, I don't then, think that better is often the uh, <laughs> thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just my print. Okay, I'm gonna kill this thing real quick. Damn it! Oh, it's okay. I got, I got it. It, it landed on my microphone stand, so I had to hit it. Yeah, and then that, and then I missed because it was on a bolt of the microphone stand, so it's very difficult to hit. Mm-hmm. But then it flew directly up my face, and I got it. Nice. Okay, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't think that it's an arrogant way to view the world. I think that it's like a very interesting way to view the world. But, but I feel like there's a difference. So, so I guess there's a difference between DIY in terms of, oh, home hacks of like, oh, don't buy this thing, do this instead. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's little bits of things that I've done in that way that I just can't think of. But uh, th- there's a difference between that than like, oh, this thing broke, or like I actually desperately need this thing, and I'm just gonna try and jerry rig something up. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- those are like there's like a different mentality there of like, oh, I'd like this thing, so let me try and piece something together for cheaper. Mm-hmm. In-, in a certain sense, I've done that. If you consider what you did for many uh, for many months as well, of. Why buy a microphone stand when I have, like, several books? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you realize <laughs> that's not actually a replacement. It's just, like, a totally different thing <laughs> for a boom arm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the idea, but I just, like, it, it's not a world that I've ever been in. Like, I don't go around and watch, you know, 20-second gifts of people making things very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh to do things differently or like repurposing stuff like a lot of the things that I have are not like I don't know like if I want to get rid of something it's just because I want to get rid of something also like a lot of DIY I think is like repurposing things that you've sort of used up mm-hmm. or you just have some old thing it's like oh I have this old object let me try and repurpose it well you know I'm not I don't need to, like, make an art installation out of, like, an old keyboard. I'm just going to get rid of the keyboard. Like, I don't want that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, maybe in the future, but, like, 
I think especially being in an apartment, it makes me like just super yes. not wanting to do stuff. Like even the amount of like the amount of stuff that Aaron puts on her walls with command hooks. Like I know the command hooks are fine, but I've also had some bad <laughs> bad situations with command hooks, and uh, so I, I have like nothing on my walls either. And that's that has nothing to do with DIY. It's more just like a you know, there's a certain restriction in my living situation that I am totally at ease with, and I have no desire to try and circumvent in the mm-hmm. way that you do with your hand tools. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're totally right. The like living in a place that like you isn't yours and you like share walls with neighbors mm-hmm. is a very like real or at least at least feels like a very real restriction of like, yeah, I it's just another hurdle that you have to get over if oh you really want living to. And like, was, I, feel I, like, I need I need to share this anecdote. Before we end, because okay. I'm realizing it's what I actually wanted to start the episode with, and I forgot. Okay. I was going for a walk the other day mm-hmm. when a couple people got out of a car in the carport next to mine, mm-hmm. and the late and a, and an older lady says, mm-hmm. "Oh, excuse me, young man." And at first, I didn't even hear her. I was listening to music, and I was just you know hyper focused on just going for my walk. But I kind of like I kind of like take out my earbud, look at her, and she doesn't say anything further. So I was like, oh, she wasn't talking to me or I just misheard. So I put my headphone back in and then she says it again. So this time I turn around, she says, oh, are you in the um, apartment above us? And Mm -hmm. I was like, and I was like, oh, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen these people, but I don't often see my neighbors. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And at this point, it's like, oh, God, what am I doing wrong, right? (laughs) And she tells me that well, she she kind of directly addresses it at me, which I don't I don't think it's fair for her to do necessarily, even if it is accurate. Uh, in in hindsight, that uh, she was saying that I go down the stairs too loudly mm-hmm. because it, it, I don't know how much you remember of my setup, but the stairs mm-hmm. are stone first of all, and they connect directly to the wall of the apartment, mm-hmm. and so these this person's wall has stairs connected to them. And so if I'm kind of, you know, clomping down the stairs, it vibrates their wall, with they have, which they have stuff hung up on. And so mm-hmm. now, every time I go out my door or come up from out from out the outside world, I have to, like, stop at the staircase and mentally be like, all right, Mark, go up one step at a time, very slowly and quietly, because I can't trust myself now. Like, I, And it's not like I'm upset with them, like... I don't blame them for wanting to not have that happen. Uh, but it's like, I don't want to, like, they've told me now directly after ne- that I've lived here for, you know, over a year and a half. Uh, they've now told me this issue. And I have no idea what actually causes it, how loud I can be before it causes an issue, or if there's anyone else doing it. But I know that I don't want to contribute to it. So now I'm like delicately going up and down the stairs in a way that I've never done before in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna keep my dang mouth shut. Mm.